Thanks for your patience, everyone. So this Mick Duncan guy, he says that an alongsider is somebody who intentionally comes alongside someone else for the purpose of just being with them so that life might be better than if they were going it alone. So today, I want to continue to build this idea, build this picture of what a good alongsider looks like, but particularly when it comes to the art of listening graciously. And I think it actually is a bit of a lost art. In fact, my mum used to say, because she was a great listener, she used to come home sometimes really frustrated and she would say, people have lost the art of listening. And it's true. It's difficult. In fact, after my mum passed away, somebody came up to me and asked me how I was doing. It was about a week after. And this well-meaning friend said, how are you doing? So I began to speak about how I was doing. And this friend launched into how she was doing because of her mother passing away. And she was connecting to my story, which was lovely. But what I needed was somebody to just listen graciously. Isn't it difficult to listen? Listen, listening is actually really hard. So my question to you is, are you a gracious listener? And would you like to be more gracious in listening? Because today I want to offer you some helpful skills that are actually modelled by Jesus. Because we could go down to Eastland, or Wasteland, as I always like to call it, and we could buy any number of self-help books on the art of listening. But really what we want to do is we want to look at how Jesus does it, because he is our example, and he's the one that we're choosing to follow when we say yes to him. You see, there's a reason why we want to listen graciously. It's because people matter. People matter to God, and we want to value people. So if you've got a Bible with you, you could open that up or you could use the YouVersion app. And if you haven't got your Bible with you, can I encourage you to put your coffee down for a moment and race to your bedroom or your study or wherever you've left it and um, bring it back with you because we're going to open that in just a minute. But I want you to watch what it is that Jesus does in this story because today's topic is about listening. And we're going to look at three specific things. The first one is we're going to look at how Jesus is attentive. Second, how he's responsive. And thirdly, how he's trustworthy. And I want to issue you with the challenge today when you watch what Jesus is doing to think about yourself. Could I do that? So let's dive in. The first skill we're going to look at is how Jesus is attentive and how we can be attentive. So the story happens at a well in a place called Samaria. And we're going to pick up the story from John 4 verse 6 through to 7. So if you've got your Bibles there and you're flicking, it's the fourth gospel in the New Testament, the Gospel of John. It says, Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, tired from the journey, sat down there by the well. I just think that's fantastic, actually, that Jesus is tired because even though he's God, he's actually still human. I think there's something in that for all of us, actually. It was about midday. A Samaritan woman came to draw the water and Jesus spoke to her. Will you give me a drink, he said. The disciples had gone off into the town to buy food. What, said the Samaritan woman? You, a Jew, asking for a drink from me, a woman and a Samaritan at that? Jews, you see, don't have any dealings with Samaritans. And I want to suggest to you that at this well, the scene that took place was that Jesus was attentive to her situation. 
See, Jesus is attentive to all people, no matter who they are. He takes notice of this woman. And it's kind of like a triple whammy no-no. That's how I like to think about it. Three things that Jesus should really not have been doing as a Jewish rabbi. He should not have been speaking to a Samaritan. That's the first thing. And I'll explain a bit more about that in a minute. He should not have been speaking to a woman because rabbis were not to associate or speak too closely with women. And the third thing was that this woman in particular had a really bad backstory. And again, I'm going to explain that later. But she had five husbands and she was on her sixth And Jesus knew this. The reason why she was there at the sixth hour or midday was because nobody paid attention to this woman. See, most of the women would have come to the well early in the morning when it was cool. It would have been like a hive of activity, lots of talking, no doubt. But this woman came in the middle of the day when no one was there because nobody paid attention to her. But Jesus did. Jesus was attentive. He went through this tension of of gender, that she was a woman. He went through the tension of this religious thing about the Samaritans. And let me explain to you how intense that was. See, the Samaritans thought that they were the original Jewish race. They were the OGs, if you like. They They were the ones who were originally called Israel. And when the Jewish kingdom split into two and they were north and the other Jews were south, they thought that they were the ones that were going to be um, the real Jewish race. But Jesus transcends this, this whole idea of culture. You know what he does? He actually crosses three boundaries. And in actual fact, if you've got your Bible with you, you could go back later on um, when we're finished and have a look at the fact that Jesus actually spoke to a Jewish ruler about the same thing that he's going to speak to the woman at the well about, this guy called Nicodemus. And that's just happened and Jesus moves from Judea and goes north into Galilee and then has a very similar conversation with a woman who is completely different from a Jewish ruler. And I think what Jesus is saying to us is that we need to have the courage to listen to people who are different to us. You see, there were two routes to Galilee. There was one that Jesus could have taken, which was on the east side of the Jordan through Gentile country, But he chose to go on the west side and go north through Samaria. And it wasn't the easy way for him to go. And I wonder about you, NCR, people of NCR in this community. Are we taking the easy way out and only being attentive to the people that we kind of like or want to hang with? Or could we possibly be courageous enough to listen to people who are different than us? There's this lady who lives down the street from me and um, quite a few years ago now I felt that the Holy Spirit said to me, whenever you see this lady, I want you to drop what you're doing and I want you to go to her and listen to her. And I think that Jesus asks me to do that because she's valuable to him and nobody pays attention to her. She's completely different to me in all sorts of fears of life. But Jesus values her and so he wants me to stop by at the well as it were and to pay attention. So let me ask you this question. Is the Holy Spirit putting somebody on your mind right now who you might stop for this week, who's a little different to you? The next thing I want to suggest is that Jesus is really attentive to this woman's story, to her needs. See, he was undistracted and fully focused in the moment. 
I have a friend who says to me, actually, I'll tell you who the friend is. It's Ali Box. She always says to me, be present in the moment. Be fully present. And I think Jesus was fully present in the moment. Let's have a look at what Jesus says to this woman. So she's asked, he's asked, she's asked him about why on earth he would ask for a drink. And he says, if only you'd known God's gift, replied Jesus. I love that Jesus calls himself God's gift, by the way. And who it is that, he, that is saying to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Everyone who drinks this water, Jesus replied, will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I want to point to something that's really going on here. See, I think this woman was really searching for significance. She had five husbands. She was looking for some kind of meaning and purpose in her life and trying to fill a need, and she was thirsty. And Jesus was actually attentive to her spiritual thirst. And Jesus was saying that relationship is God and and relationship with me, he was saying to her, is where meaning is found. Your significance is to be found in me. See, there's this Old Testament idea that water actually represents salvation. I think it's an early throw to the idea of baptism, which Matt was talking about earlier. But it also is about the spirit. And you see, I think what Jesus was saying to this woman when he said that you need to draw water from eternal life was he was saying, it's found in me. It's not found in the five husbands that you've been looking for, for affirmation. You see, Jesus was attentive to her needs and her story. And I wonder if we are, when we meet people and we're listening to them, are we attentive in that way? See, what this woman needed was new life in the spirit. In planning this talk in the last couple of weeks, I've really sensed that somebody needs to hear this. So I'm just going to take a moment and say it. That sometimes we can look for our purpose and our significance and our meaning in things other than the living water. So as Jesus followers, we're meant to be looking for our significance and our meaning to Jesus. But sometimes we look at jobs, we look at our successes, we look at all the things that we can do, we look at our relationships, and sometimes we try and strive to find meaning in those things, but they're going to end up as dry wells because no matter how deeply you put that bucket down into those things, they're not going to satisfy. Jesus is saying to this woman, because he's listening so attentively to her, he's saying, you're going to find your meaning and your purpose in me. Can you imagine how refreshing it would have been for this woman to have heard Jesus say that? So what about your dry wells? Jesus is attentive to people's stories. Perhaps we could be too. The second skill I want to challenge you about is this idea of being responsive. Now You might say to me, Cindy, we're talking about listening here, not responding. But I want to challenge you because responding is actually part of listening. You see, I used to teach Indonesian for a living and when I would get to the year 12 assessment tasks, um, I would give them this idea of a role play and I would say to the students, there's this thing called turn-taking. And what it is, is one person says something and then the other person takes a moment to think about what they said and then to respond. So it's one person speaks, the other listens, and then one person responds back. 
And I think it's really interesting to see how Jesus responds to this woman. I want you to follow along with me. We're up to John 4, verse 15. Sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I won't be thirsty anymore and I won't have to come here to draw from this well. I'm sure she was sick of going there at um, the hottest time of the day. Well then, Jesus said, this is a really interesting response. Go and call your husband and come here. I haven't got a husband, replied the woman. You're telling me you haven't got a husband, replied Jesus. The fact is you've had five husbands and the one you've got now isn't even your husband. You were speaking the truth. Do you see how Jesus responds? He responds to her backstory but has no judgment whatsoever about it. He didn't say, oh my goodness, what kind of a woman of you? You've had five husbands. How terrible. He didn't condemn her at all. He responded with no judgment, and he does that all the way through the Gospels. If you read them from Matthew, Mark, to Luke, to John, Jesus responds so beautifully to people's backstories. Have you ever been judged? Have you ever been in that position? Sometimes I have to laugh when I uh, meet somebody new, say at a barbecue or something, and, you know, the conversation that happens, so what do you do? And I say, I'm a student. And they say, well, what are you studying? And I say, I'm studying theology at Bible college. And very often people's reactions, I can just see that they're kind of thinking, oh, get me out of here, this is not going to be a discussion I want to be having. And I often feel judged in that moment. But it makes me wonder whether I myself have judgments when people are speaking and whether I need to be more gracious in the way that I respond to people's stories. See, Jesus is showing us in this moment that we need to be responsive and not reactive. And I feel like that's a word for some of you mothers out there, including myself, because I know that sometimes I can react rather than respond. But the question is, how do we do this? How do we actually respond? Well, I'd like to challenge you with the idea that it's about relying on the Holy Spirit. We need to respond first to the Spirit and then to the people. Is this a new idea for you, perhaps? You might be thinking, Cindy, you are way out there. But let me tell you something. See, Jesus is actually God. In the story, he is divine, so he knows the need of this woman. He knows that she's looking for value. And Jesus is responsive first and foremost to the will of the Father. You see, this whole theme of alongsiders is really interesting because we ourselves have an alongsider. We have the Holy Spirit right next to us and right in us all the time. When you choose to be a Jesus follower, you get God on the inside. See, we can ask the Holy Spirit for advice and we can do it in our heads where nobody can listen. I'm going to let you into a little secret about what I do. And you might catch me out doing it now that I've actually told you about it. But see, the way I see it is that I have two ears And one ear is reserved for the Holy Spirit in every conversation that I have. And the other ear is reserved for the person that I'm listening to. And so sometimes I'll find when I'm listening to somebody, I've got my right ear up like this. And then the person is speaking and I'll do this. And the idea of that is that I'm actually listening out for what the Holy Spirit is saying. And sometimes he might give me what we call a word of knowledge, like what Jesus had about the woman's past. And he might say, Cindy, I want you to say this and then I'll say it. But more often than not, he actually just says, shh. 
and I have to use this ear and I have to listen. And it's really hard. I want to tell you about a story that I had where it's this idea of we can either listen now in the moment to the Holy Spirit and then straight away respond or it can happen over time. There's this picture of these beautiful flowers. They're called Lysianthus, apparently. I'd never seen them before up until 2019 when my father-in-law passed away and I was really grieving very heavily because I was very close to my dad-in-law. And he passed away on the Monday. And I remember on the Monday I said to God, gee, it would be nice to have a bunch of flowers to remember dad by because he loved flowers. So I actually asked the Holy Spirit, I said, do you reckon you could ask somebody to drop off some flowers this week? <laughs> it's a little bit weird, but I just I felt like that that would just help me along my journey. And so Monday came and went and there were no flowers and Tuesday came and went and there were no flowers and Wednesday came and went and there were no flowers and Friday was funeral day and Thursday came and went and there were no flowers. And I just remember feeling really sad. I said, God, we spoke about this. I asked you to bring me some flowers through a friend. And I kind of gave up. But little did I realise that I had a friend who I had texted in a WhatsApp group, one of these friends that I walk alongside, and um, she had actually been listening to what was underneath my writing in the text. And she could sense that there was something going on there. And she listened to the Holy Spirit and she had this nagging feeling, I kid you not, this is a true story, she had this nagging feeling in her spirit to go and buy me flowers and drop them off. So she bought them on Thursday morning and life got in the way and she got busy or whatever else. So she had to wait till Friday morning. So two hours before the funeral, this friend rocks up finally with flowers and gives them to me. And can you imagine what I did? I'm all tears and crying and I'm like, I can't believe it. You listened to God. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, I asked for flowers on Monday. She goes, oh, I felt like you needed them. And there was this really joyous moment where she responded first to the Holy Spirit because she listened to my text. It's not just words. She listened to my text. She responded to the Spirit and then she responded to me and I felt valued. The third skill I want to encourage you about is to be trustworthy. See, I want you to watch what happens in the text here with Jesus. This is the most bizarre moment out of the story at the well. Check this out. This is in John 4 verse 27. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? I mean, just imagine the scenario, right? There's this woman in the middle of the day with Jesus. They're having this deep conversations. The ragtag bunch of disciples who are all fishermen rock up back to the well, probably with bread and fish. And nobody says, Jesus, what on earth are you doing? And I wonder whether there was a look in Jesus' eyes, actually, that said, don't go there. Don't ask me those questions. But you see, Jesus didn't tell. Jesus didn't share this woman's story and what they'd been talking about. He was a safe place for her he didn't use her story against her a little bit later in john 8 verse 26 if you got your bibles there you could mark it for later and have a look but jesus actually says that he who sent me in speaking of the father he who sent me is trustworthy and all through the bible you can see that god is trustworthy i mean look at the people that relied on god say moses going through the red sea bringing all the israelites out of egypt he had to rely and trust on God. Or Peter in the boat, when he gets out of the boat and he's in these massive waves and Jesus is calling him out saying, come. 
And Peter looks at the waves, freaks out, starts to sink. What does Jesus do? Does he turn his back and go, oh, well, good try? No, he holds out his hand and he lifts him up. And Jesus is a trustworthy place. And if we are going to be Jesus followers, people of NCR, if we're going to follow in his footsteps, we need to be trustworthy people. We need to be showing a little bit of Jesus in the way that we listen to other people. There's this thing that I have with my sister. We call it the sister vault. And what it is is sometimes if we're having a bit of a rough time or we just need a bit of sisterly love, we'll just text each other and we'll say, sister vault, question mark, because we're very big on punctuation, my sister and I. But sometimes when the phone is left on the bench, you see, and my kids are walking past, I don't want them to see what my sister's telling me in a text. So we have a sister vault, which means, oh, it's time for a phone call. So we'll make time to talk so that we can both be a trustworthy, safe place for each other. I want to challenge you, NCR. Are you a safe listener? Are you somebody that can listen and hold somebody's thoughts close? We need to be trustworthy. We need to listen graciously. So how are we going with all of this? I've come to the end of my talk about this woman at the well and there are three things that I've challenged you with that I have seen Jesus do. Remember, it was to be attentive to other people that are different to us, be attentive to people's stories, be responsive without judgment and to respond to the spirit and to the person and then to be trustworthy. I just want to set you two cautions before we finish up. And that is, we need to be aware that it's not our job to fix people. So when we're listening to people, please don't go and try and fix all their problems. It's not always up to us. See, we need to be present to people without turning people into projects. We want to let them know that they're valued. We want to be safe places. We want to be We want to be human beings, not human doings. So can I encourage you this coming week to be attentive to the people around you, maybe even um, not at the well but at the water cooler in the office if we get to go back to the office. Be attentive. Be attentive to people who are different than you. Be attentive to people's stories. Be responsive. Ask Holy Spirit, what do I need to do here? Do I need to speak or do I need to hold back? Or during the week, how can I help that person because I've listened to them? Do I need to buy them a bunch of flowers and be trustworthy? I have two questions, actually three. One, who are you going to practice this art with, the attentive, responsive, trustworthy art this week? What is it that you need to stop doing? See, for some of us, that might mean stop being so busy. Or it might be, stop being so self-absorbed. It might be, stop racing ahead when people are listening and you're already trying to figure out what to say in response about your own story. Come on, people. What do we need to start doing? We need to look around. We need to have our eyes open and our ears open. And we need to be intentional. I really want you to read through that story again and watch what Jesus does because he is our example. So what I'm going to do just now is I'm just going to pray for a moment and I'm going to ask Holy Spirit to prompt you. I might put that slide back up about who you can practice this art with and 
oops, I'm going too many ahead, who you can practice with and what you can stop and start doing. And I'm going to ask you now just to give a moment while we're listening to this next song, give a moment to the Holy Spirit and ask him those three questions. Who? What do you need to stop doing? What do you need to start doing to be a more gracious listener? So let me pray before we listen to this song. Father God, I just want to thank you for um, speaking to us this morning. And Holy Spirit, we just ask right now that you would prompt us to be gracious listeners. Father, I ask that you would show us people in our world, even now as we just sit for a moment, show us people in our world who we need to listen to and pay attention to. Father, I also ask that you would help us to know what it is specifically what we need to stop doing when we're listening and what it is that we need to start doing to be in touch with you. Thank you, Jesus, for being our model. Thank you for being our living water so that we don't need to thirst. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.